Chapter 16 of the Santa Claus Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Santa Claus Storybook by Unknown. The Story of Robin Hood. It was about 700 years ago in England when Richard I was king that robin hood lived at that time a large part of the land was covered with great forests which deer and other game ran wild and it was near the borders of one of these called sherwood forest that robin hood was born from his earliest years he had a great love for all the manly outdoor sports and games of those times and he became very expert at them above all in the use of the bow and arrow he grew so skilful in this that there was no archer in all the country round who could compare with him and he always carried off the prizes at the shooting matches besides this he had bright wits and a merry heart loved a song and a jest and was liked by nearly everybody who knew him but something took place which drove him into a way of life that otherwise he might not have chosen for himself in those days all the game in the forest belonged to the king it was against the law to shoot it and the king had men in the forest called foresters to catch those who did so and have them punished one day as robin hood was passing through the forest he met with a party of these foresters one of them was a man who had a great name as an archer and was jealous of robin hood's growing fame he began to taunt robin and at last dared him to show his skill by shooting a deer which came in light at a great distance robin hood's temper was up and without thinking he put an arrow in his bow and let it fly at the deer which it struck and killed the forester only became more angry at this feat which was one that he could not do himself so he said he would take robin and have him hung for killing the king's deer robin started to fly but the foresters pursued him so closely that he saw no chance of escaping so he turned and again drawing his bow sent an arrow into the heart of the man who had begun the quarrel he dropped dead while his comrades stood still not knowing but that they might be served as badly so robin hood escaped but as there would now be no mercy shown to him if any of the king's men laid hands upon him he became an outlaw that is he lived in the forest and got his food by shooting the deer and other game trying of course not to come in the way of the foresters now there were many other young men who from one cause and another had taken to this kind of life and robin hood soon gathered them into a band of which he was made captain and which became so strong that in the end they were more of a terror to the foresters than the foresters to them they wore a uniform of lincoln green with scarlet caps and beside his bow and arrows each man had a short sword while the captain carried a bugle horn with which to call his men when he needed them they led a pleasant life in the greenwood but it was an entirely unlawful one for besides shooting the game they used to rob rich people who passed through the forest 
but robin hood though a robber was in many ways so good that he was thought well of by most people for he would not take from those who were poor instead he often gave them help he would let none of his men hurt or rob a woman and when the weak were wronged he took their part he gave a proof of this one day when he stopped a knight named sir richard of the lay who was passing with two followers through the forest robin saw that the knight wore a very sad face and he asked why this was so the knight replied that he had met with losses and had been forced to mortgage his lands to the abbot of st mary's at york who if the money were not paid next day would seize all he had robin hood was touched by the sadness of the knight and agreed to lend him the sum needed to redeem his lands the knight departed in great joy and this kind deed was told of far and wide greatly to robin hood's credit robin hood's dearest friend in the next in command to himself was called little john the way in which they came together was this robin liked to roam the forest by himself in search of adventures and one day as he was passing thus along a forest path he came to a brook over which a narrow plank was laid for a bridge at the same time a tall stranger carrying a staff in his hands drew near from the other side they met in the middle and as they could not pass each other it became a question which should go back let me pass said the stranger or it will be the worse for thee robin laughed at the idea of anyone trying to scare him by threats and told the stranger to go back or he would put an arrow through him then said the other thou art a coward for none other would offer to use a bow and arrows against a man armed only with a quarter-staff now robin hood was anything but a coward and could not bear to do that which would give any one a right to call him one so he stepped aside and cut for himself a staff of oak now said he we are equal we'll fight it out and whichever first knocks the other into the water shall be the victor the stranger was seven feet tall and though robin hood was expert in the use of the quarterstaff he found him more than a match after they had thumped each other for a while the stranger at last hit robin a blow which sent him into the brook he waded to the bank while the stranger stood and laughed at him then robin hood sounded his horn and his men came running from all sides when he told them how he had been served they wished to give the stranger a taste of the water too but robin who was very much pleased with his strength and skill stopped them and asked the stranger if he would not be one of their merry men most willingly cried he and though my name is john little i hope you will find that i can do great things the merry men laughed when they heard the big stranger's name and one of them said it should be changed from john little to little john which was done and he was ever after called that way another time as robin hood was walking through the greenwood he found a fat friar sitting near a brook and thought he would have some sport with him so he said carry me over the brook fat friar or i will beat thee till thou art sore the friar without a word tucked up his gown and carried him over but as robin started off he cried stop my fine fellow and carry me back or it will cause thee sorrow 
robin took the friar on his back and carried him over and set him down saying now take me over once more fat friar as thou art twice my weight it is right i should have two rides to thy one the friar again took him on his back but in the middle of the stream he threw him in the water saying now my pretty youth let us see if thou canst swim then he went laughing on his way but robin was angry and ran after him and attacked him with his staff the friar defended himself and they fought for a long time without either getting the best of it finally when both were tired out robin hood told the friar who he was and asked him if he would not like to join his band and be their chaplain the friar was a jolly fellow and was quite willing to take robin's offer so he became one of the merry men and said the prayers for the band when it was necessary he could fight as well as the best of them and he got to be almost as famous as robin hood himself being known as friar tuck robin before he became an outlaw had been in love with a young maiden named marion but he had not seen her since her love for him did not die out however and finally her longing to see him became so great that she put on boy's clothes and went to seek him in the forest she met him at last but he did not know her in her strange dress and she would not at first tell him who she was but drew her sword and dared him to fight he of course soon overcame her so she took off her cap and let her beautiful hair fall over her shoulders and then robin hood knew her he still loved her as much as ever and they were soon married by friar tuck the merry men celebrating their wedding with great festivity it was the way of the outlaws when they caught travellers who seemed likely to have much gold or silver about them to take them to dine with robin hood after they had been feasted he would see how much they had and would make them pay for their entertainment according to their means one day they brought before him a rich abbot the same who had been so harsh with sir richard of the lay robin hood resolved that besides taking his gold he would put him to shame so after they had stripped him of all his money they tied him upon a mule's back with his face to the tail and in that ridiculous posture sent him out of the forest amidst hooting and laughter one day as he was on his way to the town of nottingham robin hood fell in with a travelling tinker and asked him for the news surely said he wandering about as thou dost thou must hear a great deal ay said the tinker i do and the latest i have heard is the best what may that be asked robin it is replied the other that at last there is to be an effort made to catch that thief robin hood he has done mischief enough in this forest i have a warrant myself from the sheriff of nottingham to catch him and it would be worth a hundred pounds to me if i could find him robin laughed to himself at this but went on talking to the tinker until they came to nottingham here he invited the tinker to go with him to an inn where he treated him so liberally to ale that he became drunk and finally fell asleep when he awoke robin hood had gone and the sheriff's warrant was missing too the tinker called the landlord and told him of his loss why said the landlord laughing thou hast been cheated that was robin hood himself the tinker at once started to hunt for robin again 
and was lucky enough to meet him in the forest the next day he attacked him immediately with a thick club that he carried while robin defended himself as best as he could with his oaken staff which was the only weapon he had with him they fought long on nearly even terms until at last robin's staff broke beneath the stout blows of the tinker who then called upon him to yield or he would crack his skull robin blew his horn for help and little john and another came to his aid they seized the tinker and were going to hang him to a tree but he was such a fine stout fellow that robin hood thought he would like to add him to his band so he proposed that he should join saying that he would give him the hundred pounds reward which he had lost this was too good an offer to be refused so the tinker agreed and robin said that as he was a man of metal by trade he hoped he would prove a man of metal by nature but it happened at last that king richard had occasion to journey into that part of the country where sherwood forest lay and there he heard so much of the doings of robin hood and of the way in which he evaded capture that he made up his mind that something must be done to put an end to such defiance of authority but he was advised that it would be useless to try to come at robin hood with a force of soldiers as he knew the forest so well and how to hide in it that he had no trouble in escaping from pursuit when the greater strength of his foes made him choose not to fight so the king concluded to go into the forest alone wearing plain black armor and without anything to show that he was king hoping in this way to meet robin hood and learn for himself what kind of man he might be he had not ridden many miles before he was called upon to halt by robin hood himself who took him for some obscure knight the king had been a crusader and wore the red cross which was borne by those who had gone to the holy land to fight and as robin hood had a great respect for all such he addressed the supposed knight in a friendly way and invited him to come and dine with him the king consented and robin hood led him to where the merry men held their feasts and they all sat down to a banquet of the best the forest afforded the guest proved a jolly companion and did his full share in the way of joke and song being curious to know if robin hood and his men were as wonderful shots as report made them out to be the king after the meal turned the talk on to the subject of archery and robin hood was soon led into giving an exhibition of the skill of himself and his band two rods were set up at a distance which the king from his knowledge of archery thought to be too distant by at least fifty paces but robin hood said that his men must shoot at no nearer mark and that by their rules he who missed should receive a stout blow as a penalty when the shooting began the king could not help expressing his admiration at its accuracy and the infliction of the penalty in the few cases in which shots were missed made him laugh heartily finally he spoke to robin hood and said robin hood i have much credit with the king how would it be if i could get him to forgive thy misdoings wouldst thou be one of his men and serve him faithfully this was what robin wished more than all else in the world i would be glad said he to give up the life i lead 
i did not like it from the first some men praise my deeds but for my own part i hate my way of living king richard is a brave prince and if he would but forgive me he would find me as true and as full of love for him as any man in his service i am king richard said the knight as he stood up with a majestic air and when he had said this robin hood and all his men fell down on their knees before him stand up my brave men said the king you have been thieves which you should not have been but you are able to serve me if you will i will forgive what you have done up to this time but take care that your acts from henceforth are such that i shall feel no grief for the way i now treat you then robin and his men arose and gave three cheers for the king when the king returned to london robin and many of his men went with him while those who remained were made foresters robin rose so high in the king's favour that he became rich and was made earl of huntingtonden he continued to be as kind-hearted as ever and never refused to help the poor and unfortunate when he was in the power to do so he lived in court many years but when he grew to be an old man a great longing took possession of him to return to the forest and resume the merry life he had led there in his younger days so he got the king's permission to leave the court and with his dear friend little john who shared his longing he sought his old haunts in sherwood he found a few of his old comrades still living there and spent some time very happily with them but one day as he was walking with little john he said we have shot mainly deer together little john but to-day i feel as though i could shoot no more why sayest thou dear master said little john i know not what ails me said robin hood but my fingers seem too feeble to draw the bow help me to kirkley's priory little john perhaps my cousin the prioress may relieve me by letting a little blood so they set out for the priory but with all the assistance little john could give him the walk so fatigued robin hood that when they reached there he was very ill he knocked feebly at the door and went in while little john remained without his cousin received him with apparent friendship now sit thee down cousin robin she said and i will get thee food and drink nay said robin i will neither eat nor drink till thou hast let me blood come into my private room then said the lady leading the way robin hood had no suspicion of treachery and placed himself in his cousin's hands without fear that his cousin was treacherous however there is no doubt though the reason for her treachery is not certainly known but by some it is said she bore enmity against robin on account of his treatment of the abbot of st mary's and other churchmen whatever her motive she bled him so profusely that the blood would not stay and when he attempted to rise and open the door of the room in which he had been left alone he found that the door was locked now said he what shall i do he bethought him of his horn and blew three feeble blasts alas said little john who was waiting anxiously near i fear my master is nearly dead i never heard him blow such blasts as these before he soon broke open the locks and was quickly by his master's side 
he saw in a moment all that had occurred now said he indignantly i will burn this nunnery down nay said robin that may not be i never injured woman in my life and dying it should be the same then what can i do for thee dear master said little john bring me my bow and arrows and open yonder window i will shoot one more shot and where the arrow falls there bury me with my bow by my side so his bow was brought and little john supported him while with all his remaining strength he shot an arrow out of the window he fell back exhausted and soon breathed his last then the heartbroken little john and his sorrowing comrades bore him to the spot marked by the arrow and there his grave was dug and he was laid to rest as he had directed end of chapter sixteen